Hey guys, Lurshing here. At the time of this recording, it is May 14th, 2021. The listeners have spoken, we've taken in your feedback, and so you are listening to a re-release of an older episode from the archives, back in our baby podcasting days um, when we were posting our content on YouTube. You might be able to tell the format is a bit different in this episode, and you might be able to follow how we've been growing in our podcasting journey. All right, hope you all enjoy. Welcome to Slice Fruit. We're your hosts, Lorshing and Gigi, and where we get to talk about culture, what's new in music and film, current issues around the world, and all the things that's on our minds as we eat some of our favorite fruits. Hello, welcome to episode three. Today we have our friend Yvonne Chung on today's podcast. Um, We've known Yvonne um, since, well, when Gigi was 12 and I was 13. uh, And we knew her as our basketball coach and she's just been a friend since. And so um, we recorded this conversation actually back in about early, mid-July. And for various reasons, it took us a little longer to release. Um, So, well, Gigi and I are really learning as we go on how to do this podcast. And so we appreciate you guys joining us in this process. Um, But yeah, we're doing things a little bit different this episode. Um, We just found Yvonne's conversation and what she had to say about how certain people have made an impact on her and how she's learned so much in the realm of mentorship and discipleship. And really, it was just really encouraging to know that she just came from a place of like, man, not a lot of people spoke in her life, but it was just these one or two people that really made an impact. And it's really uh, helped kind of shaped her trajectory, even in her career of really um, helping a foster a culture of discipleship in her church context, in her work context. And so we just found a lot of gold in what she said. And we had a lot of laughs because it's just a lot of years of silly memories. And so we just hope that you enjoy this conversation and and write down notes. I think there's a lot of things that Yvonne has to say and really encouraging things um, in her own journey. So um, we're excited to have her um, and we hope you are encouraged um, by the things that she has to say. But before that, we're going to eat and rate today's sliced fruit. Okay, well, we've made it to episode three. <laughs> I can't believe we're here. Woo! Yeah. All right, so we are, this is our slice segment where um, me and Gigi will eat some fruit, so some sliced fruit. So what do we have today? Finally. Yeah, I know. We were, we were planning on eating sliced fruits, but somehow, yeah, basically we, we've been trying to get used to how to run this podcast in general, so... 
you know, we're getting there. I think. Growing pains, growing pains. Yeah. But um, so, yeah. What do we have? We have sliced peaches. Yeah, sliced peaches. Actually, you know, it's sad to say this is probably the first time I've ever sliced a peach or no you know, cut a peach. No, I- you've definitely sliced peaches. Like, I know it's actually peaches are great eating with the whole fruit. Oh, yeah. But because it's juicy, I get it. But it's really good and nice sliced as well. So mine is refrigerated. I don't know about yours. I think peaches are really great when they're refrigerated. Aren't all fruit. Yeah, that's true. I don't know what fruit isn't good refrigerated. If you guys can think of a fruit. Persimmons. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they're pretty mm. good refrigerated. But I could definitely eat um, them not refrigerated. You know why? I feel like it's because that's true. They are good. But like I'm, I'm eating this peach and it's really, really sweet and juicy. Mm, me too. And it sweet and juicy is good cold. Mm. But persimmons, they can be juicy, but they're more. I mean, it depends on what kind. And then it's not about like this. Of course, you want persimmons to be sweet, but it's like a different sweetness that doesn't require it to be cold to enjoy. Does that make sense? Because it has an almost. It's almost just a umami flavor. Okay, I feel mm-hmm. like we're go- we're getting ahead of ourselves. We need to wait for our persimmon episode, and then we, mm-hmm. me and Gigi can go crazy about persimmons. We should really focus on. But that. I do think. Right. Right. Well. Anyways, well, this um, is our slice segment where me and Gigi are going to eat peaches, slices of peaches, and we're just going to talk about just kind of some of the recommendations that we have or things that have been on our mind recently, as well as some just current news and what's going on in our world. Uh, where we just yeah, wait, on. wait, but first, I think that we need to rate sliced peaches. Yes, I agree. This sliced peach or so sliced peaches in general? We won't reveal. Well, in general. But mm, basically, we won't reveal our Top. entire listing. Okay. But you have to just list where it fits mm-hmm. in your ranking I'm without ranking. revealing the rest of your rankings. You know what I mean? I'd say. Ah, uh, sliced peaches are probably, or peaches in general, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, 12 sounds like a good number. Wow, that's actually close to mine. <laughs> that's really close to mine. It's, it's, I think it's 13 for me. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But well, I would say this one I have here is super good. Mm. I mean, mm. then you have like. It's a white peach. By yeah, the way. I have a yellow peach. I have a yellow peach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would choose a white peach over a yellow peach. Definitely. Yeah, true, true. True. Well, that's what we've been up to. Um, and next up, we've got our interview with Yvonne Chung, our former basketball coach and friend for the last 13 years. Mm-hmm. 
So, welcome to the podcast, Yvonne. Hey, what's up? Thank you for joining us. Man, I don't remember the last time we were all together. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time since it's specifically been like the three of us together. Yeah, exactly. Have you guys met up before? Because I know we have, but mm. I feel like we, I feel I like there, I have. There's one time. There's one time. Yeah, it wasn't okay. with Gigi. Yeah, you know what? I think the last time was like at the Nations or something, the burger place oh, yeah. that we went. That was right. that was memorable. The, and that, that was, was a long time ago. Nations was still at the old location. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know if they have they moved or something. Well, yeah, because Nations was back where Bill's Cafe currently is now, and now Nations is like by the Chick Fil A on Mallory. Oh, but we did go to Bill's Cafe together. I think that was after. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So probably like maybe like two, three years ago. Um, but anyways, just to introduce um, everyone who's listening to who Yvonne is. Um, we've known Yvonne since we were really small and we probably <laughs> looked different, even though, you know, we probably still have, still look similar. But uh, I think it was like, <laughs> um, what, man, like 10 Wait, what, what? more than that ago? since More we were that. like 13 I think, well, I, think I, I was there. in like 2007 okay yeah wow that sounds right. Thir- so 13 years so it's been a long time so she's known us and seen us grow but also vice versa um in many ways <laughs> we've seen <laughs> Yvonne grow From as old well to <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, we, we have a lot of fond memories with Yvonne being first our coach um, at uh, Mission San Jose and, um, and sister, really, um, sister in Christ um, for so many years. And we've, she's been, you know, sort of a mentor to us as well as a friend and, and so many, so many, um, in so many ways just uh, been a part of our lives. Um, and it's always been a blessing to like meet with you every now and then. Um, So we're excited uh, to hear what, you know, what's up with you nowadays and um, just some of your insight into, you know, what you've learned um, and things like that. (laughs) So maybe I'll give you the chance to kind of introduce yourself um, to people who don't know you, where you grew up and and where you are now. Yeah, you basically want me to share my dating profile. We'll, we can link that. Yeah, you know? I'm just kidding. I mean, I mean, I guess you could technically use all introductions are like a dating profile. Kind of, but <laughs> True. But if, if we were to think about that all the time when we're meeting someone, it would just mess us up. So yeah, that's but true. Don't, I don't want to get into that territory, but yeah. Anyway, dating profile. So <laughs> uh, we'll that. yeah, I've been a California kid my whole life. Um, born and raised in SoCal, and then for the past, basically since I met you guys, have been in the Bay. Um, And I have two parents who are Cantonese. They immigrated here from Hong Kong. And uh, yeah, I have one older brother. I'm just trying to think of like all these random things. I'm uh, any (laughs) wing nine, because I know that at least one of you is super into that. Um, Let's see. Yeah, I have, I always thought I was like a very narrow, interested person. Like I'm only have like a certain 
number of interests, but I actually found that that's not true. It's just that when I was younger, I kind of hated people and uh, didn't want to be around them. So I wasn't interested in that many things. But as um, you know, Christ entered my life later on and just like matured and grew. And now I actually really love people. And I found that that has directly correlated with just, wow, I actually have a lot of interests. And it is like, you know, related to other people and um, have gone through a lot of like awkward, like job transitions, have been unemployed before for a significant amount of time. Um, shout out to the millennials on that. Um, and yeah, right now I currently work for a church, uh, it's Resonate Church in Fremont, and, um, I am currently the middle school director, but I will be transitioning out, like, pretty soon, and, um, we'll be transitioning into a new role to kind of get, like, a, uh, I don't exactly know what it's going to be called, but it's essentially for um, really equipping women to do just like what they're called to. Um, I don't know if it's going to be called women's ministry, but it'll be something like that. And then uh, also we'll get to be involved with training of interns and also some like volunteer training stuff. We wanted to hear more about like your... Um, your journey in, in mentorship, because that's how we know you as our basketball coach um, in, the, in that like setting, in that context. And so, and, and at least for me, just seeing you in a lot of those, like, you know, as a coach, as, um, you know, a middle school director at a church. And then also, you I mean, like, I think you worked with like kids, like tutoring. So like, you're always like with people younger than you. Um, can you tell us maybe like, what were your early experiences with mentorship growing up, whether that's you yourself or people in your life? Yeah, um, I think the first time I ever like identified having a mentor type person was my, um, my varsity basketball coach uh, when I was in high school. Her name, we called her Strassi, but um, that's short for Strasburg, Carol Strasburg, but we just called her Strassi. And, um, yeah, she was, she was really old and she was, uh, just very, uh, patient with me. I was super awkward, um, just had so much, like too much energy, did not know what to do with it. And my angst was like raging on an 11 every day. And she was just someone who always like took extra time to, um, just talk to me about things, share with me philosophical statements that I did not understand. Um, and, but, and I think she was like the first person that really like, I mean, maybe, maybe she wasn't the first person, but she's the first person that I like remember, like coming alongside me and saying, Hey, like you should come. I know you just graduated from high school, but you should come help coach this summer, um, before you go to college because I think you'd be good at it. And I think that was the first time that someone even like, you know, said, hey, I think you'd be good at this. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I kind of just did it. And, uh, you know, back then, I, I didn't really take, I, I didn't have like super strong ties to any kind of like Christian belief at the time. 
Um, though I was going to church, I grew up in the church, but I didn't really like study it. But there's a a chapter in Second Corinthians, uh, chapter one, where it just talks about like God being um, the great comforter and how, you know, the experiences that we go through and the comfort that he has comforted us with that like he wants us to go and like comfort other people with that. Like knowing, hey, remember how I comforted you? Now go comfort others. And so I think that concept has always been like this thread that has, that I think God has just sort of like woven into me since I can remember of just like, hey, whatever experience you've gone through, there's probably some other kid out there or somebody younger than you or maybe the same age who's like going through the same thing and you could, you could like let them know that they're not alone. And I, I, it's not like I was articulating that when I was like 17, 18 years old, but um, yeah, like it's cool to kind of like reflect and see like that, yeah, that's kind of like what it's amounted to. This is affirmation time. What is she going to affirm, Yvonne? I don't know if it's Ooh, I love verbal to... valentines. <laughs> I don't know if it's too early into this interview, but like, and not to be like super sappy, but I think like, I mean, yeah, Yvonne, I think you were like one of the first people in my life that was like, exactly what you were describing about your coach like who really affirmed and like saw like potential in me like I, even like to this day I remember like things that I describe myself like things that I like think about who I am um and like what what makes me special or makes me different is like yeah I always use language like yeah I really love to champion people I love to encourage others and that kind of language came from you like I remember like moments when you would hang out at our house or you would just call out things in me that were like specific characteristics that I held and yeah like it's it's crazy like that in like 10 years later 12 years later you know you still remember that um and you still hold true mm. so it's just kind of cool like history with your coach and what she did and what she what, what what she exemplified you also have also um um uh has done the same hmm. wow that's yeah no thank you for saying that i think again like kind of like what i was saying before like i didn't even that wasn't my intent you know it's not like i had like strassi like on my shoulder and hearing those words and you know, like, I will do what you say, you know, like, I, it's like, you know, I haven't just been like robotically following that, but I think it's just really cool. And yeah, it honestly just causes me to like, just praise God, because I, I can't take credit for that, because I wasn't even trying to. And it's an honor, because I, you know, I, I think the world of you guys and um, like the fact that you guys would even attribute anything uh positive <laughs> anything positive you know or like that is even helping you now like i i feel like the the shoe doesn't quite fit but i'll take it <laughs> yeah i think one one thing that i noticed i'm just like looking back i'm like you, when i saw you as a coach you were very social like like you were you know wanting to kind of meet us where we're at and I didn't think that you were just like you, you were probably a kid yourself you you always said yeah. like I my in my head it's like you in your basketball shorts and like just running around crazy like something you know something silly and it 
Um, <laughs> I probably saw a lot of myself in you in that way where you like still like have this kid like uh, personality, but really, I think you were also really um, uh, caring in your own way where like you just really cared about each person. You know, you didn't care about the, the best player you know, or uh, really like a reputation for yourself as a coach, but you really cared about the, each player, like from, from the bench warmers to the starters, it didn't matter. Um, And, and you cared about like their, their whole selves. Like it wasn't just like you as a player, but really what's going on in your life and like, and why are you feeling this way? And, and I don't know, it, it sounded, it sounds like, you know, from what you're saying, it wasn't ever something that you really came in intentionally or, or recognizing like a skill that you wanted to like practice or anything. You just was like, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just here, you know, but you know, I always felt like your presence was really uh, strong in every place that you went. And I think as like, you know, a young Asian American girl, like it was really cool to see someone that you would listen to or someone to follow after someone who's not afraid to be herself and really like Mm. is brings that passion for uh for your work in 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 really recognizing people it regardless of like the the craft that's happening you know and I think uh like there's just so much there's so many elements that you know like when I think about when I think back like I always um like even like our friendship is is something that I, I see as like I I can't I just feel like my life has been so blessed. You know, I just like, how did I, how did we get so lucky to have such a good role model at such an early age where you can't even ask for that, you know? Like, I'm like, how, how did the heck did that happen? Like, you know, I, I, you know, you start to meet so many people like through your experiences and you're, and you realize like, wow, like how did I have that, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I'm like, well, how are you saying these things about me? Do <laughs> um, <laughs> you think too nice? I I know, seriously, it's like, what? This is really like an ambush. I think this is the. Like, wow. It's like, it's like, this is actually a podcast teaching Asian Americans how to like verbally affirm each other. <laughs> It really is. It's like our last podcast episode, we were talking about how as Asians, we need to like learn how to express our emotions. Mm. Like, it really is. But yeah. I think like, I mean, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to think because we didn't grow up, like, Yvonne is not like a shy, demure, maybe the stereotypical Asian girl that no. people might think of. <laughs> Like, not at all. And so that was really refreshing. And I think, I mean, I, like, I think of maybe what, that's what Gigi's also saying is, like, yeah, like, I think, like, it's cool to know that we saw, like, different expressions of people that look like us, you know, mm-hmm. that was, yeah. and I think that's you, true. You couldn't find, you, know. you couldn't find your role model in a movie, so you had to look at your basketball coach. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's kind of Bernie, but that's okay. Right. I mean, but I, I'm really, I'm not like being dramatic. There's a lot of times when I'm being overly dramatic. Like I know when I'm being overly dramatic uh, and borderline like blasphemous, right? But like, uh, it's, but I'm like being so, it's just so real. It's just, it was just matter of fact, like that's like how many people had first like a good 
basketball coach and we we were blessed with really good coaches and then also someone who would like listen to our like thoughts and and really understand it too like our our upbringing and backgrounds um and yeah I'm probably also saying this too early or probably talking too much but like while Lorsheng was talking like I just I I think one of the there's so many things that like I've like observed from you and also like you know like remember um and take to heart but like I can really see how, uh, like, you've impacted Lorsheng's life, um, and one thing that, like, I've learned was the, f like, you know, like, how to really, like, uh, uh, so, so one thing that I, when I, when I was younger, or, like, in high school, even, like, Lorsheng was very emotional, and kind of, like, insecure, <laughs> oh my gosh, we're going there, oh my gosh, um, and then I love that, like, I loved one of the things that, um, and, and some of like the close people to Lorsheng, like they'll do this, like if they know me, they'll sort of elevate Lorsheng and bring me down in a way. <laughs> <laughs> like that's weird, right? But like, I love when you- Wait, wait, how do they do that? So I, I like, I distinctly remember like, like there's separate conversations, but like one thing that Yvonne always stressed and she would like say this to us, like whether it's like in a, conversation in the car but she would always be like like she would always elevate you Lorsheng um and and she'd say this one thing she'd be like Lorsheng has a heart such a big heart that is like a pool and just like envelops everyone and like um she would talk about specific people yes you did like so like there are specific people that were like difficult on the team and you would call and you would say like even those people Lorsheng just accepts them she's like a unifier and that's like something I'll always remember. And then, um, and then like, and then I just remember one time, like, this is so memorable to me. It's like, one time I was yelling at Shannon for not boxing out. Like I was, I, I was never as mad as I was. And, Cause there were so many different reasons why I was so mad at her yeah. not boxing out. But I was I like- I got mad at Shannon. <laughs> I'm sorry, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> and then you literally, you, you like turned around and you looked at me and you're like, you, I've never seen you like as mad as you were. And you were super mad, especially at me. And then, and then you were like, sit your ass down. And like, it was not even that nice. Like, it was like so scary. I was like, no one has ever spoken to me like that. And I was just like shocked. Like, I'm not condoning that. I <laughs> I'm sorry I approached you that way. <laughs> I know, but no, but afterwards you were like, like, if anything, you should say, not point out to Shannon, you should say, we should all box out. Like, everybody, don't just like call that single, single person out. Anyways, like, we can go on talking about like specific examples, but like, <laughs> like, I just, yeah, I mean, it's just so, it's so relevant, not even in my life, but like, I see it in, in, in Lorsheng and, and a lot of people. So, um, yeah, <laughs> sorry, that was a long winded. No, like, okay. I mean, when you guys were mentioning like how your perception of me is that I treated everybody the same, like, I think that that kind of even goes back to what I was saying in the beginning of I've been the bench warmer and I've mm -hmm. also been the main player before too. Because my, my high school basketball career was totally up and down. And I understand that sometimes, like, depending on the coach that you have and the s system that they have and just whatever they value, like, 
Um, talk about your identity just being thrown all over the place as like a young teenager slash basketball player slash whatever else, you know, we're like resting our identities in at the time. And um, I, I get it because I was like totally wild as a freshman, like wild, wild, like wilder than Catherine Chen throwing my body everywhere <laughs> and her fireballs, right? And um, <laughs> like, and, and like Catherine, like I was a really good defender, you know? And, um, but I got no playing time on the JV team whatsoever. No playing wow. time. But then um, when summer came, the varsity coach kept saying, hey, you should come play practice with the varsity team. And that just didn't make sense to me because mm. I got no playing time on JV, right? And mm. so, you know, just got, getting to experience both and um, under, that, I think that really helped me understand the value of every single position like on the team and just like what it felt like. And I mean, and then even earlier back, like I was a bully and even later on in my life, I was a bully and I didn't even know it. And, um, you know, I, I know what it's like to be a bully, like intentionally and unintentionally. And then, um, to have like, no one really confront you on that. And then also to have someone confront you on that. And it, they're, they're all hard experiences. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think that's really just things that the Lord allowed me to just like go through and um, yeah, so that I could really like just relate to a lot of different kinds of people that way in yeah. terms of like power and social dynamics and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's another question I wanted to ask related to like, mentorship was um like I think we're talking a lot about like the experiences that kind of just happened you know we didn't really go looking for a mentor we didn't go looking for someone to mentor or whatever but like were there moments like but it, it's been impactful in our life so are there like moments where you feel like uh where you had to be very intentional with either like bringing someone up or or even seeking for someone to mm. help you out. Um, mm -hmm. And also, like, I know that we've, like, uh, like, I, I'm curious, like, how, if there's experiences where, like, it's, you know, you've been, you, you looked for someone, like, intentionally, like, a few years later, and then just seeing how that played out after a few years. Yeah. Yeah. So when I first started um, attending Resonate, it wasn't to work there yet. I, you know, I was just one of the church members. And um, one thing that they really talk about is discipleship, which is basically like mentoring in a Christian concept according to the teachings of Jesus. And um, I had never really like experienced that to my knowledge before. Now, looking back, I actually have, but it just wasn't like a formally like set up kind of thing. And so, um, you know, I have an older brother, Ivan, and I've always like looked up to him for like all things. And um, he, he was definitely one of my like, uh, he was also my spiritual big brother, not just like my actual big brother. Mm -hmm. And um, I just asked him about this whole like discipleship thing. It's like, man, like, you know, the preacher keeps saying we're supposed to disciple people like that's the Great Commission. And and all this stuff and it's almost like 
you know, Matthew 18, it's almost like said as, as much as John 3.16, you know, it's like, what is going on? And, um, you know, he asked me if I had ever been discipled before, and I was like, no. And he's like, well, if you want to disciple someone, why don't you, like, experience that first? And, mm. you know, that may, just makes very practical sense. And, and so I, uh, yeah, so I was thinking, okay, got to find someone. This is weird because like, if this was like, I, I don't know, in basketball, I would know how to find someone to mentor me in the church setting. I'm kind of new. I know that it probably like, it ought to be a woman who disciples me. And, um, you know, I've been a tomboy my whole life and women's culture has always felt a little bit foreign to me, which is funny given the role that I'm about to step into. <laughs> but I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not used to like talking to women that much. This is going to be a trip, but hey, probably going to learn a lot. So we'll see what happens. And so I started to make this list and um, the list that I made, I made it based on, okay, who can I stand talking to right now? Because I was still in the midst of like, not really liking people that much. Like, I was just, Ugh. like, okay, who can I stand talking to? I'm like, okay, wow, the list is already narrow. And then, um, so I wrote down these names and, and the thing that I was considering the most is like, okay, if women are already sort of like, I'm not used to talking to them too much, like I should probably try to like seek out someone who like when they talk it's less of a mystery to me and so I'm also a very like this or that kind of person yeah. um, like, sort of a extremes kind of person if you will and so um, when someone speaks indirectly and doesn't just say it like straightforward it's hard for me yeah. to understand what they're saying um, and I'm a lot better now, actually, thanks to this woman who like discipled me at first, but um, yeah, so so this like I met her, and uh, I, she was the first person that I asked, and she happened to say yes, but I feel like retroactively embarrassed because like she had just given birth to like a kid, like I don't know, maybe a month before I asked her, and uh, if I know. Because, you know, and I was just like some single young adult, right? And um, I didn't I didn't really meet, talk to people and ha know their experience and how like just hard it is during those first few months of like the baby's life. <laughs> so yeah. I asked her during this super difficult time, but uh, she prayed about it. She said yes. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, and you know neither of us really had experience with that so she had never formally like discipled someone and i had never wow. been discipled. and so um you know she even asked me like what are you looking for and i was like i don't know <laughs> i was like i just know that they keep saying this at church so i'm just trying to figure this thing out um i was That's hoping so real <laughs> <laughs> and now I know exactly what she was asking, right? Because now it's like, you know, if you read all these, like, blogs about, okay, if you're looking for a mentor, here's what you do. Like, come with an agenda. Come with, like, a specific purpose about what you want to do. I came with none of that. It was completely unstructured. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, Jenny. You know, like, so, <laughs> yeah. And so it just started off that I would, like, um, 
like come over to her house and or like we would meet somewhere and she would just kind of start asking me questions about my life and I would ask her questions and it just started off where like we were just getting to know each other's stories um and that was also during a time where I think when I asked her my mom had passed away maybe like about six months before and so this that was kind of like you know the big thing that I was just like processing and going through and so um, she really helped me to kind of like process and grieve and then as I was like stepping out into like the young adult community at the church and just interacting with people um, it was really cool for me because I've I've always wanted a I've always wanted a place for my questions to go right because I've always just had so many questions mm. and, um, you know, I'd ask her, hey, and I would like replay like these interactions as best as I could and be like, what did this person mean when they said this? Or like, um, and you know, she kind of like taught me how to notice like body language. Um, she helped me be a lot more self-aware about like how I was coming across or how when I phrase questions in certain ways, it's like pretty like intimidating or it's like offensive. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so yeah, it was, it was really, really good. And yeah, like, I think over time, like I still like definitely see her and honor her as like, you know, someone who disciples me, but we're also just like really good friends now. Mm. I think more than anything else, but yeah, I think that that like element in our relationship will always be there too. Hmm. Yeah. How how long was that period when I guess you guys were meeting frequently? Hmm. Man, I don't know. It was it was a couple years though. Like uh yeah. yeah. In terms of like the regular frequency, it was it was more than it was at least three years. It was a while. Um mm -hmm. maybe I, I don't know how much longer than that, but it was yeah. Yeah, and we, and we still we still talk now, but it's way 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 less frequently than before. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's that's uh that's really encouraging because I think for myself and I think for a lot of people, like I think sometimes discipleship um is kind of it can be kind of an intimidating word um or like because cause, you know what is it like you know am I qualified to disciple or like you know what exactly am I trying to be discipled in like I'm not sure and so it's kind of cool like like you know like you guys had never been in a formally like discipleship <laughs> yeah. like, relationship and and yeah, it just tell it just reminds me that like when Jesus said that in his great commission it's like it wasn't you know a lot of people say it's like not a like maybe it's not a suggestion but it's a command and and, and I think when God gives us commands like it's because like you know it's because he knows that we can't like only through God's grace, but it's like an expectation. It's not like a suggestion. Um, but yeah, sometimes I think people like disqualify th themselves out of discipleship either because like I'm yeah. too messed up or I don't know what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. And you know, I think like since, I mean, my time at Resonate, I've always, I mean, now I'm in like a lot of sort of like leadership positions and, you know, unfortunately, like, 
I think a lot of people, and I understand, like, are kind of wary or maybe even scared or nervous to step into a leadership position. I think it's like twofold there, because one is like what you were saying of, oh, I don't feel qualified and this and that. And, you know, there's some wisdom to that, although I think we're quicker to kind of disqualify, like over disqualify. Um, But then the other piece is, it's like, well, if I become a leader, who's going to mentor me? I think there's a Mm -hmm. lot of that. And I think that there's, there's definitely a truth to that. Um, But then I think what kind of like levels the playing field and I feel like I'm right now that I get discipled all the time. It's true that um, there's less people than before who um, like uh, just are looking to intentionally like go out of their way to invest in me. But man, you get two people who have the Holy Spirit living inside of them in a room and you're good. Wow. Like, yeah, come on, word, come on, you know, like, because what are the odds that, you know, I guess it depends on how you like view life and, and the vastness of it, or even just like wisdom and such, but mm-hmm. what are the chances that the Holy Spirit is teaching you the same exact thing that he's teaching me right now? Yeah. You know, like it's so low. And, and so that means that I can learn whatever he's teaching you and you can learn whatever he's teaching me. You Come know, I think that's really what the the heart and spirit of discipleship is. It's like that when you, when you actually like know who you are, like if you're a child of God, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit, then yeah, you got you got something to say cuz you're image bearer. And even someone who's not a Christian, like it's you know, there are a lot of really like kind people who um yeah they don't believe in jesus but they're still kind but i personally believe that that kindness you know is from god's like image as he created them even yeah. though they don't believe in him to maybe our last kind of com- part of the conversation and i kind of want to like hear your guys' thoughts on like the difficulties when it comes to mentorship. Um, and, and really that just to me means like relationships with people in general, or like maybe a more direct relationship where there's authority involved or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, so I, I guess some like starting questions is like, I guess there's two things that I see as common in like the difficulties when it comes to like uh, mentorship or, or related to mentorship is like one, someone ha- feels like they just don't have anyone that can mentor them. They always feel this like lack of mentorship mm-hmm. and they have a difficulty finding someone, you know, like um, I know it's important, but how do I even find find a, find a mentor that fits me? And then maybe two is like, maybe when you're in a mentorship or in a relationship um, where it's, you know, um uh someone kind of like guiding you through something where it gets difficult where either the mentor feels like you're not listening to me you're still falling in the same cycle you know or the person's like oh you you don't really understand me um hmm. so i think those are some like common things that like i've experienced but also like i hear a lot of my peers talking about 
So I don't know if, if any of you guys have something to say about Hmm. So there's, so there's kind of like two slash three things you're saying. One is finding a mentor, like that's kind of hard. And then the other thing you're talking about is, okay, I am like in this kind of like relationship with someone, but like, we're not, we're not on the same page. We keep missing each other. Is that yeah. kind of, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, finding a mentor is honestly like, it's really hard. You know, I think that, um, kind of like when you're trying to find a church or if you're just looking for a group to belong to, right? Like, I mean, we're bringing back the dating profile, right? Like you have all these like things that you are expecting and wanting and it's not that you should let those things go but I think it's important to really have um to know like what your deal breakers are you know and man if you have more than like five deal breakers I would say that's too many <laughs> so you need to calm down and I think that 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 was definitely me I used to have like 25 deal breakers so <laughs> I got you, you know, if that's where you're coming from, there's hope for you. Okay. Um, and I think it, it, it also depends on like, what do you actually want from mentorship? And I think if you know what you want that that'll help because for example, like maybe it's, wow, I want to, if, if it's like a skill-based thing, right? Like, oh, maybe I just want to be better at like managing my money right? Well, then does it matter if you don't necessarily like this person's personality that much? Like you don't, you don't have like loads of things to say and it's not super organic and flowing. No, it doesn't matter because then it's mm -hmm. just like, you just want to meet with this person to learn how to manage your money better. So then just do it based on like that kind of particular thing or area. Um, like I think a lot of times we look for like a tour or like that person to be fully Jesus to me, but it's like, mm. dude, like no one's going to be Jesus because they're not Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hope no one has that expectation of me. Uh, that's, I mean, I know that sometimes I think that I'm pretty great, but ultimately like that thought just like crushes me and other people. <laughs> so it's just like, it, it doesn't work out, you know? And the other thing I'd say too, is like, I think in the meantime, because I, I, I really believe that God wants each of us to be like mentored, you know, mm. definitely by him directly. But then I think that, you know, he would delight in things like each of us having a mentor, but um, he will bring that in his perfect timing, right? When it's like best for each of us. And so in the meantime, if you see everyone as like an image bearer, someone therefore of value, then you will get mentored and discipled. Maybe not by your, like, you don't get to do it like buffet style, but it's like, here's this set meal and you get it and it's going to nourish you, you know, and it's going to taste good. There's probably going to be, you know, if there's like not to deep fried Brussels sprouts, you maybe aren't going to like it then. And that's okay. You know, it's just part of the set meal. Like take the set meal. It's better than you like looking around and then just getting no meal. It's like, you gotta mm. eat, you gotta eat. Um, and then the other thing you were asking was like, okay, what if you're not on the same page or this or that? And 
I think something that I've not done before, but then like, if I were to enter a discipling relationship now, whether that's like where someone's approaching me to ask me to disciple them or like I'm approaching someone else, I would set like time bumpers on it. So I think when I, in all the ones before, I would totally just, it's like completely open-ended. There's no set like time. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to end for sure, you know, once it gets there, but it's more like, hey, let, let, let's check in. Do we still want to keep going? So then that way, like if it's a relationship that is very like, you know, just arduous, then <laughs> there's, there, you're like, like, okay, I just know it's like, it's like running a marathon. I just need to get to like mile 16 or whatever the golden number is. And then I'll be <laughs> cool after that. You know, it's like downhill from there. Uh, I'll be able to do this. Um, and if it's with someone who you get along with really well, but then you know that like time is just precious, right? Which is always like a good thing to, you know, have on top of mind. Like it really makes you maximize the time that you have together. Mm. So I think that's always good. And I also think that it, for anyone who would be entering into like a discipling relationship or a mentoring relationship, whether it's spiritual, anything else, if you think it's not going to be work and that if so, when someone mentors you that you just get to lay on the, the couch <laughs> like a sloth and you just like open your mouth and they put grapes in your mouth, like it's like, it's, <laughs> it, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> like wow you, that's so good you need a pony up too like it's not like they're like you're sitting in the high chair and they're feeding you baby food right like um yeah like you you have to ask questions you have to just you have to put skin in the game yourself so if you're not entering with like really trying to meet that person like halfway or to me, I don't even think of half. Like I think of just go as far as I can, like whatever my ability is to like meet that person, mm. like I'm going to do it, you know? And I think that that's also helped because I've gotten to like cultivate a lot of, um, a, a lot of relationships with a ton of like moms who have young kids and man, talk about people who are strapped. Right. But it's like, Hey, no, I mean, if it's too stressful for me to come, like, I totally get that. Just like, be like, you can be upfront with me. Um, but some moms are like, yeah, like, if you don't care that my house is like, you know, war zone right now, and that the kids are screaming in the background, and we're interrupted every five seconds, like, I'm, I'm like, no, I'm in, I'm all about that. Like, mm -hmm. I'll take, yeah. I'll scream with them, you know, like, <laughs> We'll poop in their diaper together. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring my diapers along. Yeah, yeah. I'll bring my diapers. This will be good. Um, on a disclaimer, like sliced fruit is not sponsored by D Pens. That's not that's not a sponsorship thing either. Uh, <laughs> We're open. <laughs> yes. Hey, good attitude. Good attitude. Um, but yeah, and otherwise, it's really just like. I've now, like any person that has been like kind of difficult for me to get along with that person, or maybe there's something about their personality that like just rubs me the wrong way. I, I've really not met a person where if I honestly just get to know them more and mm. get to know their story more in their context and really just like 
you know, I got, I really have to check my ego. It's like, dude, who are you that like, just because you, they rub you the wrong way. Does that mean that they're wrong and you're right? It's like, no. And when I like, when I say it out loud, it sounds terrible. Right. And then that like, it's like, oh my gosh, that's actually what I was thinking in my mind though. And so if I didn't say that out loud, like I would never realize just what a toxic thought is like inside. Right. Um, But yeah, then it, it, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden like they become my favorite person nor is that the goal but i think it it just really puts to context a lot more like who they are and it helps me understand them better and it helps me to like remove my expectation of like well okay now you understand me though right okay like i'm not gonna like it like it's like are you i'm trying to understand that person only with the condition that they understand you back if that's what you're looking for that's like asking for mm-hmm. just disappointment all the time yeah. <sighs> wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I, I, we don't want to take too much of your time, Yvonne. We're so like thankful uh, for <laughs> you to join us. Uh, it's, it's, it just feels like home. It just feels like. Yeah, dude. Yeah. For sure. No, I, I've always seen you guys as like my friends. Um, and like, yeah, sure, like little sisters too and, and all of that. But I, I really I really have always just seen you guys as friends too. Um, yeah. We've done a lot of stupid things together. A lot. I will forever remember the persimmon night. Yeah, that was Smushing's favorite night. That's my favorite. <laughs> I know, it was basically me and Gigi talking in like weird accents and like Lorshing just laughing in the background. <laughs> Like, oh, I yeah. keep saying this, but, like, it ne- like I was like, wow, this is, like, maybe, like, this is, like, what improv is. You know, that was uh-huh. like, what my introduction to improv. True. Man, except if it was actual improv, I'd be really bad at that. Yeah, me too. But Lotion yeah. keeps on telling me, like, Gigi, you need to, be, to like, do improv. Like, no, I'm going to be really bad. Yeah, I'm just going to, like, live, you know, and then it'll <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna live. Sorry, I probably should let you go, but no, I, mind. I mean, whatever, I'm, I'm not, I don't have anywhere to go, so if you want to keep going, we can, but I'm, I'm open to whatever your timetable is. No, I was just gonna say, like, can you still do a Russian accent? Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> do you, like, because when I was thinking about the persimmon, I was like, I, it was like super late at night, and like I can't really remember that much. We were just being ridiculous, but I do remember you talking about being on a phone, and I could yes. with some random call center person that was Russian, and was asking you about. Do you remember? Can you say it? So okay, I haven't done this in years, so I don't know if it will pan out. Um, but she wasn't a random call center person. She was one of the drivers. <laughs> she was For like what? She was like, I was working at Learning Bee and she was like a driver trying to pick up kids and and she was like hello hello there is a tree blocking the road and I was like what what there there is a tree blocking the road and I was like what a a tree blocking the road yeah yeah yes and No, I just knew, okay, I need to tell the boss her car of kids is going to be late because there's a tree blocking the road. Um, Man, I will always remember that because I, like, anytime someone says they can do a Russian impression, I will always ask them to say that phrase. 
Like, it has stuck with me. I'm like, that's such a good sentence. <laughs> but actually, you know what, to be honest, when, like every, every time I think about that memory, I'm thinking about someone in Russia driving this truck and then there's like sheep and a tree. I don't know what, I don't know what I was thinking. And then like, yeah, I have this weird, weird memory. So wow. I just, I, I'm so glad we recorded that. Russian people are doing Gigi. <laughs> I'm thinking like this like I don't know plain like and like hills and like in this farm and like I, don't, wow. I forgot <laughs> okay so I guess we'll transition to um your recommendations oh. and your anti-recommendations so list whatever you would like to recommend and also what you don't recommend Ooh. so recently i was on a bus with middle school students coming back home from winter camp and this is something that i recommend to anyone and you're like why are you even selling this to middle school students but if you've never done this before and you have parents that are still currently married um you ought to ask them specifically mom dad tell me your love saga like you need to like mm. specifically ask for the love saga and i mean you this is totally up your guys wheelhouse already like so this is perfect this is tailored for you but you just you need to ask as many like for details as possible like like did you think like uh dad was like hot you know like you know, and especially if you have like immigrant parents it's even better it's even better yeah. and and they and they really like get into like just trying to earnestly answer your question, right? Because they finally see us as not tiny children. They just see us as like our parents officially see us as big girls now. <laughs> not adults yet, but big girls, you know. <laughs> so we're we're ready for it, you know. They're like, okay, like my children are like of of age now. It's official. I can tell them. So they'll really try to earnestly answer your question. So really recommend <laughs> asking your parents for the love saga. And even if you've heard their love story before, it's like, but you haven't asked them specifically for their love saga. There's so much oh, I love that. gripping with connotation, you know, and like, and then you got to like get all the details, all the ones that make you cringe and, you know. You, you know, I think that's what we missed. So like, I think me and Larshing would agree that we've actually tried to do this very, so many times and we can be very specific, but I think maybe what we missed was using the word saga because it already <laughs> that's implies, that's the key, because it implies that, yo guys, you had a saga, so mm -hmm. you need to like take that bookshelf down, you know, you, you've been, you've been trying to capture from like the other book, books on your shelf, you know, you know, the like, you know, yeah like the cultural ones, but actually let's look at the saga. I, th I think that's the key. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it'll help like if you try to like kind of ramp them up like, okay, like mom, like what were you looking for in a guy? And like, oh, that's a good, you know, when you I mean, I've asked all need, those questions though. That, like those requirements, you know, like all those things. And it helps when there's two of you. So like, it, it's like, oh, okay. There's more, there's more bang for your buck. This isn't just Gigi asking one of her crazy questions because Gigi does that, but Lorshing's <laughs> here too, so now we're pot committed, because there's like, mm. yeah, all in, you know, we push yeah. all the That's another thing we haven't tried, Lorshing, we have not collaborated enough. Yeah, 
I mean, if friend. you want to call that improv so that Lorshing does it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> kind of far out there. Just use that for anything. <laughs> hey, can I use this dress? It's for my improv thing. <laughs> hey, can I have, like, your advice? It's for my, yeah. Yeah, okay. man, we, you found the keys to the kingdom there. That's good. <laughs> She'll be a little confused after, like, so many requests, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. true. What's your anti-recommendation? My anti-recommendation? Oh, that's harder. Hmm. (sighs) Man, okay, I found it. This one's actually kind of serious. (laughs) Go for it. I'm allowed to say a serious thing? Yeah, yeah. of course. Okay. I I would really anti-recommend making someone's like decision of whether to wear a mask or not like a moral issue Mm. Uh, i think there so definitely like if it's in like bucking this the system of like just what the government is saying then yeah that there is some moral issue there but then i think um to like impose someone's like your views onto somebody else and then Mm. call it like a moral thing where now some one person is right and one person is wrong man i that just serves to like really um like divide you know and i think that's the same thing too as like just even with our like racial climate right now i think it's Mm -hmm. in like a really great spot where in terms of man that the conversation is open which is great but then all of a sudden Mm -hmm when like the the moral lines get drawn and stuff like that then nothing nothing shuts down the 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 discourse then then to like do that you know and i've been guilty of that right um that's why i know it doesn't work well (laughs) and i've been on the receiving end of that too and 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 just seeing how it's really like um mainly served to like hurt and divide people more than anything else yeah so that's my anti-rec and and just for my curiosity, uh, when you when you've had those experiences of like the discourse dying down because someone's calling someone out for a moral issue um, it, in these conversations, it has it been what, what what like environment has that been in? Like on social media or in person, like in in a work context. Uh, um, I think it's been mainly like I mean I guess social media somewhat but then I think it's more in like just like relationships with like friends Mm. Um, you know maybe like a little bit sometimes just with like when people that you work with just have different views and how to like just honor and respect those Um, because even to say something like oh man like she's just so cautious Right, like there's not really much. There's not malice said in in that tone per se, but already there's there's this like undertone of like to say she's so cautious. It 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 kind of says like where you're standing up, like oh mm-hmm. there's she's too cautious is what you're saying. But it's like man, if if you know you're in an office where there are people who are socially distanced and they feel comfortable do, having done their due diligence of checking the symptoms and they decide to not wear their mask, they should not ostracize someone who d- does decide to wear their mask, right? And I thought 
that was really cool, like, at least, like, in my workplace, that we even specifically, like, just talked about that, so that it would be, like, a safe place for people. Um, yeah, yeah, and then even just, yeah, so I'm seeing some things, it's hard, like, I've seen it over social media, but it's even hard to call what happens on social media a conversation, but unfortunately, mm -hmm. so many quote-unquote conversations, like, happen there, um, but they're not actually conversations. Like, there's no, I mean, the only reason why that what we're doing right now is a conversation is because there, there's no sense for me, at least, that there's no one who's listening to this live. Like, it already is like a little bit of like a, um, some form of self-conscious element, knowing that like other people are going to like hear, right? But it's different because they're not hearing it right at this moment. And I think all those conversations that happen over like IG live or, you know, and like the comments of like a YouTube video or something like that. It's like, yeah, that's not a real conversation because conversations don't happen like that. That's like yeah. us, like we'd be shouting to each other in target when like everyone's there. Right. And, and we're calling that a conversation. It's like, no, we would never call that a conversation. And I think that, when that happens over social media, it's the same thing. Yeah. I, I feel like that's like, needs to be a video, like how, like, like to make that like an analogy of our social media conversations and make that like into a video of like, that's what your social media conversation actually looks like in real life. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, so there's, you cannot have a safe conversation over social media. You just can't. Yeah. Yeah. Yvonne, thanks so much for um, stopping by and, and chatting with us. I, I, it's, it feels really easy to conversate with you. And I, I think I'm just realizing that like a lot of me and Gigi's like, like when we think about good conversations over the years, like it, and in our house mostly, it's like been with friends like you. So um, this feels like, this feels easy and feels like home. So yeah, we're, Thanks for stopping by and we hope you have a uh, good week. Yeah, super grateful. Thanks for asking me. Um, I had no expectations coming into this, but I just knew it was a chance to like hang out with you guys. So I was like, yeah, sign me up. So, <laughs> thanks for having me. And just thank you for just being like, just super encouraging throughout. And I'm sure we'll, we'll like hang for real, for real. For real, for real. Yeah. Someday in 20, <laughs> 2030. <laughs> See you 2030. Take care. If it hits 2030 and we still haven't, this that's not going to be funny. <laughs> but yeah. That will be very yeah, sad. Like Um, super grateful for Yvonne to take time out of her busy schedule to come and talk with us. Man, um, so many good laughs and good memories of the good old times. 
Um, so if you heard anything that really resonated with you or liked what you heard, uh, we'd love to hear about it. Go ahead and comment below um, or slide in our DMs or even share, uh, share this episode with a friend. And if you haven't already, go ahead and you can follow us on Instagram and YouTube. The handle is The Sliced Fruits. Uh, well, again, thank you for taking, uh, spending time with us today. Uh, we hope you have a great week and we will catch you on our next episode.